0: Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z podcast. I'm your host, Steph Bodrini. We provide straightforward information by bringing excellent guests with real-world experience in all topics related to commercial real estate investing. And in today's episode, we are interviewing a very good friend, smart, eloquent, who not only raised $15 million for his deals, but also just quit his job. And like I was sharing last week, it is so important for you to at least have some kind of income before quitting, unlike what I did. And so I decided to bring Bronson over to share how he did it and how are things going so far. Here we go. Bronson, thank you so much for joining us today. You were here before chatting with me about Uh, my favorite thing in the world landmark. And I'm so happy that you were able to come back and share a little bit about how you went from working full-time to actually being able to quit and working in your own investments and properties. So first, why don't you start by sharing a little bit about you?
1: Awesome, Stephanie. Well, so good to be back. I know we've been friends for a few years, so it's great to see you again and just uh, really appreciate what you're doing with your audience and how you've kind of done a similar thing. You've been able to leave your your job and just go for it. So I really admire that. Um, yeah. So my uh, kind of, I guess the, the highlight is I was able to leave my great corporate job. I was in medical sales for uh, about 10 years and working with surgeons and really, you know, cardiologists and different people in surgery for heart surgery. And uh, did that for, you know, about 10 years in different, different types of uh, settings, but all in the medical field. And I just really started to realize that my you know, job, even though it was a great job, I was making over 200K a year. Um, I got to where I was working like 30 hours a week or less, but it really wasn't financial freedom because I had to go to work. I was kind of chained to these, you know, physicians and their procedures and things. And I just really wanted to have more control over my time. So what I did is I started to kind of try to pursue ways to, to do that. And I, I started with single family, like a lot of people. And I ended up with a small single family portfolio of four houses. Um, I have a cousin who's a multifamily guy. Kind of, uh, just we really hadn't talked in years, and so I said, "Here's my plan. I want to get 30 houses, and this, we're in, these houses were in Cleveland mostly, and these you know low cost houses, and I, I'm gonna you know get 30 houses and retire with passive income." And he's like, "You know that that sounds like a lot of work. Why don't you do multifamily?" So I was like, "Well, I'd love to, but I don't have the money." And he said, well, you can raise the money, so that led me really on a journey to read a bunch of books and eventually start a meetup in Southern California. Uh, just you know, get involved as much as I could over the next couple of years. I raised 15 million dollars and ended up uh, just recently, this last year, uh, leaving my great corporate job, leaving the golden handcuffs behind. And uh, I've really been happy uh, that I did. I actually had a moment I was sitting right at this, where I'm sitting right now. And I was thinking of the month end, quarter end sales hustle. I know you're a sales person (laughs) as well. Think about every, every, you know, you do a great job and every month, every quarter, like great job, slap on the back, you know, go do it next quarter. And I was just thinking of this big rush at the end of the quarter. And what came out of my mouth was, thank God I'm not doing that job anymore. And it was just like such a great, like, you know, months later to have this, you know, this thing that, oh yeah, I'm actually doing the right thing. So that was really great. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the pressure, it goes back to zero every quarter, no matter how amazing you are.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, there's never enough. And that's the difference between, you know, being on a place where you actually you know, own assets or you, or you get a, be a part of it, equity in a deal versus you're just transactional. So if you're a real estate agent, you're a broker, you're, you're doing you know some sort of job, even in sales, or you're a physician or whatever, it's a time for money trade. You're continually having to give up time to make money versus when you get equity or you get some value, you can exponentially grow your net worth. And I've watched that. Basically, my net worth has grown 15X over the last four years, which has been really fun to watch.
0: That's phenomenal. Uh, Last week I was sharing about how I did not do the right thing by quitting before at least being able to cover my expenses. I had zero properties when I quit, but you did the right thing and you had (laughs) income before quitting. Can you share your journey exactly how it went so people that want to get to where you are can have an idea of where they can get started
1: Yeah. I think it's, it's really interesting. I admire you as well, Stephanie, because like like a lot of people are like, I'm doing this, this is my new direction, burn the boats and just like quit the job and no, I'm just going to go hundred percent into it and they do a mentorship or things. And then other people are like, like, you know, a few months short of retirement and they've got everything set up and all of a sudden they leave. But it's like, I think I was somewhere in between, but there, there is kind of a range of, you know, what people feel comfortable with. So I guess what I did is once I realized you know, again, this relationship with my cousin has become a very transformational relationship. And, you know, what he said to me is just, you know, everybody that he talked to wishes they had started a multifamily sooner. And I think the principle really is the ability to scale or the ability to use other people's money, no matter how much money you have, no matter how much money you make. And I had a couple of physicians I worked with that made, you know, really closely with that made over $3 million a year but they worked 80 hours a week. So they weren't really financially free, right? They were really, again, kind of chained to have to go do that job. So if something happened to them, they were disabled, they wanted to leave, like they would just lose all that income. So the idea of really learning about something that's scalable. So if, if you know, and this is a good question to ask yourself, if, if adding another house, a duplex, a small multifamily or whatever thing it is, is just completely overwhelming, or if it feels like just way more work, then it's not really passive. And so that's kind of the good passive or active test. There's really no such thing as a passive investment, but the idea of some things that are more passive. So what I realized is as I learned about multifamily and even more now years later, it's just the things you can learn about syndication, which is where you raise money from other people, um, how that process really works. It sounds really overwhelming in the beginning, but once you understand it, it's actually not that difficult. And you know, in the beginning, I talked to, uh, I'll kind of give a little bit of my process, kind of how I learned. So I just, again, read every book I could. I learned as much as I could. I had a mentor in uh, Southern California who ran a large meetup. And I went to her and I said, hey, um, you know, I want to start a meetup. And this was a meetup she had that would have usually 50, 60 people show up at each meeting. So it's a pretty good size meetup for an in-person, at least before COVID. Now, after COVID, at least in California, everything looks different. <laughs> um But anyway, so I said, Hey, let's start another meetup. I'll do all the work. We'll do it on multifamily and I'll set it up and everything. And so, uh, you know, at that first meetup, um, I met a guy who, uh, was interested. He just came up to me and was like, Hey, I'd invest in one of your deals. And I was thinking like, wow, like I don't even have a deal, but I was like, this is great. So I got coffee with him and I showed him like, this is what a deal would look like. So I don't have a deal, but here's a deal. What a deal would look like. Would you be interested he's like, yeah, I'd invest like a hundred thousand or something like that. And so I'd also met another guy at that same meeting who had a deal. And I basically just introduced the two of them. So here now I've raised $100,000 for my first deal. And it's like, and that's the hardest thing. Like in anything, it's just getting started, getting your first deal done. Uh, A friend of mine, Michael Blanc says, you know, this is the law of the first deal, like being able to get your first deal going from zero to one. And then just afterwards, almost rapid succession, these things start to happen. So that was a big deal. That's kind of how I got started. And then I just kept trying to learn. I went to as many live events as I could. You've been to some of them as well and just met some really great people. And then through networking, I realized like there was a saying at one of these events where somebody said, make yourself valuable to valuable people. And so I was thinking, well, who have I gotten value from? It's so, oh, it's this guy's podcast. I really like him and he's raising money and teach people, teaching people to raise money. So I ended up uh, approaching him and saying, hey, what if I, you know, how's it going in this area? Can we be a partner or whatever? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So I ended up kind of working with his platform and um, he was, you know, had a huge network, but it was mostly for people that were doing deals and not people that were more passive or maybe like the physician or the you know, business owner or the, the CPA or some other professional. And so I basically came in and we set up kind of a funnel, and then I ended up doing a 1001 on one phone calls, uh, 30-minute phone calls over the next 18 months. But it really came from that idea of really making yourself valuable to valuable people. So that's, that's kind of how I got started in it. And then just each deal, I got a pretty good, significant chunk of chunk of equity. And then when it was time to leave, i thought about leaving before COVID decided to stick around till afterwards, but the timing of when to leave, that's the part that's a little bit fuzzy of like, no one can really tell you when you should do that. Right.
0: Were you able to cover your expenses by the time you left? You don't have to share exact numbers, but yeah. how comfortable were you when you decided to make that decision?
1: Yeah, so um, yeah, I can share my, um, so my living expenses, I live pretty modestly, especially for LA. Um, I just rent a place here. We've got 150 million in real estate assets, uh, all out, you know, all basically in, you know, Florida and Alabama, Arkansas and Texas, and so in Georgia. So we've got all our stuff there. But um, for me, I was able to, you know, around 40 to 50K, um, Now it's now it's more than that, but I was able to basically say, hey, I can cover my living expenses based on this. And then each time I do a deal, I get an acquisition fee. So there's an acquisition fee. Now in reality, I've invested, reinvested most of my acquisition fees back in the deals that I'm doing. But then over time, the more when you when you do deals, you'll have things start to cash out. So you get okay, here's some money coming from this deal. Here's some money coming from this deal. Or here's a, uh, you know, everybody's rolling from this deal to another one. We actually had a deal recently that um, we bought in Jacksonville in March for 27 million. Uh, it was a 288 unit multifamily complex and we just sold it in december for 37 and a half million so it was a huge profit you know and so our investors almost you know 70 almost 75% to 100% return but for me we're 1030 wanting that in the next deal but then there's some fees when we go to the next deal uh, there's some you know opportunity there so just when deals sell there's opportunities there and so it does look different and it's kind of in some ways kind of feast or famine but i feel like i'm investing in the business i'm growing i'm learning and I'm covering my expenses and I'm continuing to see my my net worth grow. So really you know, multifamily in particular, when you're doing these long-term deals, it's kind of like you know the money's there, you know it's coming, you know it's, yeah. but you don't <laughs> always see it right away, right? So you're taking kind of less up front. But I still with these acquisition fees, you know, they add up enough to at least cover the business expense and cover my living expenses and then continue to grow my net worth.
0: Yeah, no, that's a it's a beautiful thing just by adding value, not only multifamily, any commercial properties. If you add value increase income, decrease expenses, you already automatically have equity on these properties, which (laughs) that's money. You can cash that out and buy more properties and grow that way. So while you may not have that actual income coming in, that is part of your net worth, which with real estate tax incentives, it's a lot better (laughs) in many ways.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I realized too, I mean, for me to make 200,000 at my corporate job, you know, by being a real estate professional, I could actually make uh, maybe like 140,000 and it yeah. would be the same <laughs> amount of money because exactly um, as a real estate professional and anybody who's listening that is, you know, either a real estate agent or some sort of, you know, like real estate professional, that's what you do full time, or at least the majority of your time, the IRS has put something in the tax code called the real estate professional designation. And you can basically use your passive losses from some like, for example, some of these multifamily real estate deals with a depreciation and you can offset your income. So I've saved probably, even while I was still working my job, I was able to qualify because I did more hours. I was just working a lot, but I did more hours in real estate. And so I was able to basically uh, almost pay no taxes, I something like 120 to 150,000 in taxes the last few years, which is amazing.
0: If someone is trying to leave their job right now, what are the top three tips that you would give them? today so that they can make that leap?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So the first thing you can do is just start taking action. What I mean by that is life really, I think, has an action bias that if you just start getting in motion, and I know this is something we talk about from Landmark as well, where you just start kind of moving and you just start moving toward where you want to go. So let's say, I know I want to become financially free real estate. Well, then you start going to meetups, you start going to conferences, you start setting up calls with people that do deals, you start asking questions, you read the books, you just start doing all this stuff and you make a commitment. And Tony Robbins has this saying, he says, it's in your moments of decision that your destiny is shaped. So once you decide to do it, you actually make a commitment. I would say, you will tell somebody about, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to leave my job. And then you're you're accountable, right? Or write it down somewhere. And so I think the first thing is just really to start to, to get in motion, And then, you know, like I said, as you, you know, there's really two things I think that help people to grow in real estate or in life. And the first thing is networking. So obviously at great events, like I mentioned, you know, there's meetups, there's national conferences. There's all types of things you can do to meet people that are doing things that you're going to learn from just by being in the room with people. And also, you're going to find out that they have things that they need. So you're like, well, I don't know any about real estate, but maybe you know about sales or maybe you know about, you know, you're an engineer and you have a mind that you can really understand numbers. And maybe you can be somebody who finds deals. So there's just different ways to look at it. But when you get in the room with people, you never know what sort of value you're going to be able to bring or what sort of value they're going to bring to you. So that's networking. The other one is education. So like I mentioned, books, I mentioned conferences, there's ways that you can learn. So those are, those are a couple of things. I think the last thing is just to continue to do it and realize that uh, like for me, it, it took me, I'd say, was it two and a half years, two and a three, several, you took me several years to get to where I actually was ready to leave. I knew, Hey, this is when I'm actually leaving and get around. If you don't have people that are, uh, entrepreneurial. My whole family are teachers. So my mom's a teacher. My dad's a teacher. My grandmother was a teacher. My uncle's a teacher. My brother's a, like, everybody's a teacher. So the teacher versus the entrepreneur mindset, they're very different. And so one thing that really helped me actually leave my job was to be in a group called entrepreneurs organization, where I have a group of, they actually called a forum as well, similar to landmark, where you have a small group of people you meet once a month for four hours and talk about your business. And they're all entrepreneurs. So they were all, you know, every single one of them without exception was like, once they heard about my business and I was I'm thinking about leaving, they were like, you should leave your job pretty much as soon as possible. They're like, you know, it, it, it could fail. It could not work, but you could always go back to medical device. You could always yeah. go back to sales. And I was like, Oh wow, that's really cool. So, but my family was all like, Oh, why would you ever leave your great job? Like, Oh my gosh, they just, like, are you crazy? <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, so I think it's it really depends who you talk to so you got to get around people. It comes back to the networking piece. You got to get around people that are really at the next level. that are going to help you get there as well.
0: That's very, very wise advice. Thank you so much. Is there anything else that you think is important for our audience to know that we haven't covered?
1: Um, yeah, so I, I think the more these days, you know we were talking a little bit before the, the call started just it's so important that people pay attention to what's happening in the world. The world is changing. And it's really important. There's a huge transfer of world wealth that is happening. Uh, it's happening through inflation. It's happening through just people not being aware that you know traditional investments are not necessarily safe investments. And as inflation is much higher than it's actually being stated, I think, I think it's much higher than 7%. Yeah. It's really important to be in, you know, inflation protected assets. And one example, you know, real estate is that because you can actually use other people's money. You can use leverage, you can use debt, you can use lending to go buy real estate, you know, at 3% or less and inflation 7 to 15%. So it's like, it's like a, you're basically getting free money to go buy stuff. Uh, and I'm not giving anybody any specific advice, but I just think educating yourself, being aware the world is changing, getting around people that have opposing views or in views that are different from you. It's all really valuable because I think where we're going to be in five to 10 years is not where we are now. And I think if you make steps to prepare for growing your wealth, you're going to be much, much better off.
0: Absolutely. They are indeed eating our money away through inflation <laughs> and taxation. <Right. laughs> Everywhere. (laughs) And double taxation through sales taxes here where we live. Wow. This has been wonderful. Bronson, you work with multifamily. We don't really talk about multifamily, but you're raising money. How can our listeners get in touch with you?
1: Awesome. Well, I have this uh, great report I wrote. It's called the single best investing strategy during or after a pandemic. It's 24 color pages. We'll send it to you. If you go to bronsonequity.com and you can just click download, there's a report there. You can take a look at that. And I'm also on social media on LinkedIn. is a great way to reach me. So look forward to hearing from any of your crew.
0: Do you have any deals coming up?
1: Uh, we're always having deals. We did, uh, <laughs> yeah, we had a number of deals last year. We've got some stuff we're working on now. People do need to join uh, our investor club before they can just share about specific deals. But we do have some stuff in the pipeline. We're always working on something.
0: Very cool. Thank you so much for, for being here today, Brunson. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Stephanie. I appreciate all the value you add to your audience and just to this conversation. So thanks so much for having me.
0: If you haven't already, please make sure to write us a review on the podcast app that you listen to this podcast. As you guys know, it takes a full day, literally, worth of work to do one episode, from finding the best guests for you guys, to thinking about what kinds of questions would be most beneficial to you guys, and editing, and transcribing, and everything in between. (laughs) So we would greatly appreciate a review.